0: Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Praise God. It's great to be in church. Well, this morning I'm speaking about hospitality. Romans 12:10 says, be affectionate to one another with real love. Give precedence. Show honor to one another. Never be lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Pursue hospitality. So pursue hospitality. That's what God's been speaking to me about this year. And the word hospitality comes from two words, philo and xenos. So it literally means philo being love, love the love of a, of a good friend, and xenos means a stranger. So hospitality literally means love, loving strangers and, and loving people that are from outside your home. So hospitality is to bring those people that don't normally be in your home, to bring them in and love them with our life, our food, our home, and to bless them. And it says to pursue it. And this is a really strong word. Dioko, it's also translated in the greek as persecute so you can persecute someone or you can pursue them and it literally it's so it's a very there's a real strong sense of really ah, i'm after it i want it i want i want you i'm either going to kill you or i'm going to bless you it's like it's not a oh well if it happens it happens it's a it's a really keen thing it's something that we've got to be very into the bible says and, um, and it's not just sort of, you know, it's not passive. It's active. Some people are quite passive with hospitality. You know, they just kind of sit at home, and say, Oh, you can pop in if you want. You know, or so, or they're just the sort of people that everyone says, Can I come over? And they're like, Yeah, okay, come over. And that's, that's good. It's good to say yes, but it's not pursuing hospitality. It's not really active. Like, who can I invite over? Who can I bless? Who can I, you know, come over to be in my home? And that's what the Bible is telling us. And it's, um, you know, I, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot because it sort of seems like just a nice little topic, but hardly a main one, you know. And perhaps it's just Middle Eastern. We know that the, in, in those times, hospitality was very important and still is in Mid, Middle Eastern culture. I, I just, I recently read uh, Malala Yousafzai's, um, biography, you know, the, the little girl that was shot by the Taliban. And she writes about hospitality in Pakistan. She said, our home was always full of people visiting from the village. We live as we have for centuries by a code called Pasha Nuali, which obliges us to give hospitality to all guests. To not do so is considered a loss of honour or a loss of face. And without honour, the world counts for nothing. (laughs) Those are her words. Without honour, the world counts for nothing. I'm like, wow. So, you know, different cultures. So... You might think, oh, well, it's just in the Middle East they were really into hospitality. But when we read the Bible, we can't just sort of dismiss the whole Bible as Middle Eastern culture. You know, we can't just say, oh, that was then. The Bible says to pursue hospitality now and we've got to have a look at what's kingdom culture. And as it happens in the Middle East, it seems to me that they've maintained that particular culture even to this very day. And perhaps we've lost a little bit. But kingdom culture is hospitality. And I want us to really think about this important way of loving, because I think we've lost it a bit in the West. I think we've lost it a bit in Australia. And I want us to pick up our game a bit. Because when I looked in the Bible, I was surprised how often it's mentioned, and I was surprised how important it is. I really was. I mean, the word pursue hospitality is the exact same word they use for pursue love. It's the exact same word. And so many great events happened in the Bible over meals or around meals. So many things, like when you look at it, I was just looking at, you know, whether it's Jesus feeding the 5,000 in a meal or Jesus even putting on a barbecue for the disciples towards the end of the, you know, of the, his time on earth or whether, you know, it was the Shulamite woman welcoming Elisha in. There's all these events, like right through, there's so many events that speak about hospitality and important things that happened around food. And then in 1 Timothy 3.2, it tells us, you know, you, we've got to have good pastors. What's a pastor got to be like? You think, well, they've got, to be, they've got to pray a lot and be awesome and do all sorts of wonderful things. They've got to be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, given to hospitality. I, it kind of struck me because I thought, I don't ever recall anyone mentioning that as a, and as a thing that we needed to be good at when we became pastors. I just never, ever remember ever anyone saying, now, are you good at hospitality? It was like, no one mentions it. And yet, Paul considers that to be essential if you want to be a pastor. I'm like, wow, how's that? And then again, in Titus, he has the exact same list. And it's not just for pastors. He says, above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. So apparently, even then, they weren't always happy about it. So he says, This is a prerequisite for pastors. But then he says, to Everyone, be hospitable. It keeps coming through very strongly, stronger than I expected when I felt like God spoke to me about preaching this. And I'm like, Why is that, God? And I came back to that thing about the word that they use, Dioko, pursue hospitality, is the same word where in Corinthians he says, Pursue love. And I felt it's because they're connected. And very many times when I looked at the word hospitality, it was right after he said to love one another. He'd say, love one another, be hospitable. Pursue love, be hospitable. You know, a pastor's got to love, but be hospitable. And I think that that, I thought, oh, that's, I kind of see the connection here because it's, it's a practical way of loving each other. It's just practical love. It's love with food. It's love in your home. It's love... It's, it's, it's love with a meal. It's a very, very obvious and practical way to really love and to really give to one another. And I think that's why God has put it in the word and that's why it's something to think about. This is a great way for me to love. To actually make food for someone is a great way for me to love someone. So I want us to look at, at, at the father of our faith who is famous for his generosity and also famous for his hospitality. So we go to Genesis 1, we're going to look at at Abraham and his example here, which Chris actually uh, referred to just now. And we see that the story here of Abraham and a little hospitable little story he has of welcoming some people in. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 1. It says, "In uh, actually we'll go from verse 2. So Abraham was sitting by his tent in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please, let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. And after that, you may pass by, inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And they said, All right, let's do it. So I want to look at how Abraham, our, our father, sets us an example of hospitality. First of all, he's just hanging out by his tent at noon because it was hot. They often didn't work at that time of day. But the very first thing to notice is he's just got a little bit of spare time. <laughs> he's having a little rest. He's probably just had lunch himself. Abraham wasn't someone with nothing to do. He was an extremely busy man. He had a very, very successful happening you know, herd of cattle and he had a lot of land and a lot of servants, and he was busy. I can imagine there are a lot of people, but he's just having a little rest. He's having a moment, just taking a bit, taking time. And I think one of the biggest issues with hospitality is that we can't do it if we've got no time. So we have to find that time to just ah just to rest, just to be, just have a bit of space. I was reading about Heidi Baker the other day, who said she works eighteen-hour days, and I was thinking about her, and uh, and then she got very sick. And uh, she, she works 18 hours a day, seven days, 24-7, all that. And then she got very sick and she had spent a lot of time in hospital. And the Lord said to her, I'm taking all the days you were supposed to rest. I'm going to take them now. And I was like, ooh. So I'd rather have my seventh day rest on a Sunday when I get to have it rather than just collapse after 10 years of, you know, mad work. So don't think you can get away without your rest days because in 10 years' time, you'll be taking them. But you might not be taking them the way you want. You might be taking them in a hospital called, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome or whatever because you didn't rest. So you need your rest days. And Abraham's having a rest. He's just he's just kind of hanging there, ready to, to do whatever happens. And three strangers pass by. And it says he ran out to meet them. And I just think, wow, Abraham. Like three strangers. I mean, he's having his... Re- and, and he's probably tired. And the three dudes just walk past his front door. What would a lot of us do? Just go... Oh no way, I'm so exhausted. Whatever. Who are they? Weirdos. Well, strangers, you know. He's he just he doesn't just ignore them or think I'm tired or this is a bit of me time. I finally got the kids, babysat. Not that Abraham had a lot of kids at that point, but you know. You know what I mean? It's like I I remember when I finally, when I had like, I had okay, one's at preschool, two's at preschool, and then I'd have two at home, and then and then they both went to sleep at the same time, and I've got half an hour free. It was like, oh, 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 glory, oh Lord, it was like, and then someone would knock on the door, and I'm like, ah, you know, I thought I would kill them. I thought, you do you realize I only have half an hour free this whole week? But you know, there they are. You got to just go to that door and love them. And and Abraham, so he's got the time, but he doesn't just kind of. He doesn't ignore them. It says he runs to them. Now that is pursuing hospitality. He's just super keen. Here's some dudes. Oh, quick. Come to my house. I just, his attitude is amazing. And, and he ran to them and, and considered it such a favor. It says he bowed low. He immediately took the, the position of a, of a servant of someone who was lesser. I don't, I don't know why. will they dress nicely maybe but he's just immediately i will serve no matter he's he's you know he's a very happening guy but he bows low and this he sees this is an opportunity to bless this is an opportunity to love and he loves that opportunity he's like i want i want to do good i want to bless people and he's just waiting who can i bless who can i love and when an opportunity goes right past his front door he 's like, "Oh, yes, someone I can bless, someone I can love, someone I can help. What a fantastic attitude! What a fantastic attitude the, the, the minute there's someone he can bless he 's running for it. I mean, we sometimes sort of think, "Well, I feel like I can bless someone now I might i don 't know i 'll go to church, maybe I can bless someone or or even if we have a really great heart and we say, oh i 'll go all the way to Thailand to bless someone that 's awesome, but there's people everywhere we can bless and love so he takes this opportunity so let's be keen let's 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 look around and say i i have this opportunity to bless people in my own home right now to love people and to obey god right now why don't i do it every single one of us why don't i do it this week i have an opportunity to obey the word of god to bless someone to change their life to bring them into my home right now so i want to do it let' let's take that opportunity and you can offer and, and maybe someone said maybe they say no, maybe you ask someone and they they say no I had that the other day. I, I fully asked a young girl over for for dinner, which I thought was quite nice of me and she said, well maybe I was like, maybe maybe do you know? a lot of people young people these days do you know they do this They do this thing where it's kind of like they wait to see if they get a better offer. they might come. To your party or your or your thing but they'll see if something better comes up than hanging out with some old 50 year old woman I'll take that so can you just kind of put that on hold and I'll see and I'm just like wow <laughs> so I we were, we were communicating in text so I said oh I understand if you're really busy that's okay another time I was a little bit like whatever it's a bit rude so if you, someone asks you for a meal can you just say yes or no, I'm busy, but please be grateful, like, not sort of maybe. Um, Anyway, I didn't let it worry me too much. There's always someone else who wants to come over for a meal. So um, don't worry, you know, you ask people. Don't don't worry if they don't want to come. That's okay. Find someone else. The Bible actually says this. It says when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they invite you back and you'll be repaid. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. So this is interesting. It's not saying that we can never invite people who are rich or who are our neighbors or whatever. It's saying our motivation in inviting people is to give. So um, it, motivation matters. We don't ask people over for a meal because we want to get asked back to their place. That's, that's not giving. He said, no, 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 that's not giving. That's, that's a trade hospitality is about a pure give I'm just going to bless you even though you've got nothing to offer me you might be poor so we don't invite the the coolest people around because then they might like us and we might be in with the cool group no, we ask the people that that nobody likes we don't invite the rich so that they can bless us somehow we don't ask the interesting people necessarily so that we can have a good old chin wag and find out the latest gossip I'm not saying you can never ask these people but that's not our motivation. You see what I'm saying? Our motivation is who's, who, who can I bless? Who looks lonely? Who looks sad? Who looks, who looks hungry? Who can I help? That's our motivation. And of course, sometimes we ask other people. But it's got to be about giving. That's the whole point is that it's, it's about giving rather than taking or even trading. Hospitality is about I'm going to give to you. I'm going to bless you. So that was Abraham's approach. And these people were strangers. He knew nothing about them which in itself is kind of brave, I think. I mean, maybe you think in those days, strangers were all nice people that didn't rob you, but I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> so, you know, just to even take them in is, shows a certain level of faith. But then he says, but then we go on and we see he's invited them, he's keen, he's showing that attitude that he wants us to have. And then he goes into um, to Sarah. Quick, he says, Make three measures of fine need, knead it, and make some cakes. And then he ran to the herd. He took a tender and good calf. Now, a fatted calf was the best thing you could feed someone in those days, okay? A fatted calf, they didn't need it that a lot. So if you kill a fatted calf, you're giving your best food. So he said, let's go and get the fatted calf. He gave it to the young man. He quickly prepared it, the young man. He took butter and milk and, and the calf, and he set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. So again, we just see some great qualities of hospitality here he says first of all they've got stuff ready let's let's have a home that's ready to bless people let's have some food that's ready to go because there's hospitality that you plan but sometimes it just happens and it's great to have some food ready tanya chirkoff is shaking is nodding her head because she's awesome at this i'm telling you right now if the whole of this church went over there for lunch she could probably manage it (laughs) she could couldn't you you could couldn't you You probably got you probably got a hundred pilmini in the freezer ready to go you've probably got the salad, it's all in the freezer, just come over, it's no problem at all, just everybody come, I'll just feed you all, that's that's what she would do, she would just feed the whole bang on of us, and she's very good at this, you see, but we're not all so good, so you can learn from Tanya, and she's just nodding away, but not all of us are so good, so we've got to learn, I know, I just know, we could all go over there for lunch, she'd feed us all, and it'd be delicious, and she wouldn't even make us feel like, oh, it's so exhausting, now look, some of you might say, yeah, but she's got a gift of hospitality, Ruth, and I don't have a gift. It's like, well, I don't have a gift either. You just obey the word of God. How much of a gift does it need to obey what the Bible says? You do what you're told, okay, and then you learn to get good at things. So Abraham says, quick, Sarah, he, they've got some food ready. They've got the calf, they've got some flour, they've got some milk. So he says, quick, let's do it. Now, quick is nice because we don't want people to wait too long. I mean, they still like to kill the calf. So, you know, obviously in those days... Quick was different from what we consider quick. But still, he, he, was, he was aware of their time. He didn't want to waste their time. I have famously been to a meal with a particular member of my family who shall remain nameless. And I can never forget arriving. <laughs> arriving is when we first married and arriving. and Yeah, yeah, come in, Ruthie. Come on in. It's great. Here, yeah, right. So look, I'll just, um, so yeah, we've got, look, we've got this. We And he opens the freezer and gets out a leg of frozen meat, a leg of lamb frozen solid like a rock and I just went he goes oh here so so yeah well what do you reckon and I just went oh my goodness I'm just looking at it and then he says let's pop it in the microwave and I'm just like oh so we had to defrost that leg so we had it in the microwave and then I was sawing off little pieces and I thought well maybe if we saw bits off and you know and and so we sawed pieces of frozen meat on put them in the microwave and then we were able to sort of fry them up and you know, it wasn't the most blessed meal that I've ever sat for. Let's just put it that way. Bless his heart. Um, but you know, come on, there's good hospitality, there's there's making good food, good, beautiful, delicious food that's ready. And then there's a sort of a, a lazy oh, right, yeah. and that's not at all what what abraham did he gave them the best and he gave them beautiful food and he didn't want them to waste it come on quick let's do this well let's do this well for them let's look after their time let's look after them so that's the heart of a good of good hospitality and the bible speaks to us about bad hospitality in proverbs 23 do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacy for as he thinks in his heart so is he eat and drink he says to you but his heart is not with you The morsel you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. (laughs) So the meal's a sham. There's some meals and you're going over to someone's place for a meal and it looks like hospitality, but it's kind of not. It's a sham because it's not about blessing you. There's something else going on. And if you've ever been to a meal and you feel like, I'm not feeling it, let's make sure that our hospitality comes from our heart. I am going to bless you. I'm going to serve you. And it's not a sort of a, oh, I don't really want you over here, but all right here. And you're sort of, thanks. You know? And it's not pleasant. We don't want that. So Abraham, on the other hand, prepares this beautiful food. And then it says he, he set them under a tree. And it says that he stood there while they ate. And that is just like a waiter. My guess is he'd probably already eaten. So he's just like waiting on them. Can I help? Is there anything else I can do? And and I've I mean I've even seen that with with my husband sometimes. I have to make him sit down because we're all sitting there and he's like jumping up and down and washing up and bring it here and it's like just sit babe sit. But it's a, it's the heart of a servant. It's the heart of oh, I'll help. I'll do it. I'll I'll do it for you. That's the heart we've got to have. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to help you. And I just love that Abraham was happy to take that role. Just I'll just be the servant. I'll I'll, I'll change the sheets. I'll, I'll cook the food. I'll peel the potatoes. I'll do it. All this is Abraham. And, and you'd think, you know, that he had more important things to do, like be the father of faith. You know, shouldn't he just be praying and other people, bring me my bread, bring me, I am the man of God. It's like, no, he's running around organising things. He can never be too big or holy or spiritual or busy or anything to just be serving the Lord. All right, hospitality can be anywhere. They had a tent but must have been cooler under the tree. They just eat under the tree. Some of you are thinking, well, I don't have a home. I I don't, I don't, or I don't, you know. Well, you can be hospitable in your youth group. You can make that a blessing. You can make some nice food and invite the young people over. You can, you can take someone to a restaurant, but don't sort of say, oh yeah, where do you want to go? Say, I've, I've got a great restaurant just for you. So if you're doing the hospitality, you take them to the restaurant, you pay and you choose it. That's, 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 if I'm doing it, then I'm going to do it. You know, there are times when we both do it, but if I want to bless them, that's different. You can be hospitable here at church, make some beautiful food, make something nice at the men's breakfast. There's, there's a million ways that we can be hospitable, not just in our home. We can be hospitable in our city. Someone comes to visit in the city and you, let me show you around. Let me take you up the Skillion. Let me take you to the wild, you know, the animal park, you know, the reptile park. That's what you do. That's what I do. Take them to the beach and then they go and stroke a kangaroo. And I don't want to go to the reptile park again. I've been there many times. But, you know, when you have someone from Russia and, oh, I want to see a kangaroo, it's like, okay, let's go to the reptile park, you know. like. <laughs> but you just do it and you love. And there's ways that you can be hospitable in so many different, even as a country we need to be hospitable. The Bible says to our, to our foreigners, to immigrants, to boat people, You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily mean we just open the floodgates and we, that, we kind of tried that, it didn't work, but we've got to look after the ones that come and love them and make sure that we, you know, have them in, in, in decent, nice places. So as a, as a nation, we need to be hospitable. The Bible's very clear about that, that you're to welcome strangers into your nation. You know, I spoke to a friend, um, from Sydney, who's also very good at hospitality. She's very good and she's running um, a lot of the courses down at Oxford Falls at the church down there. And uh, and when she's been running the courses, she she took over and then she decided to sort of make food. So they, like us, they do a marriage course or, you know, young marriage course or whatever. And then she she baked a nice cheesecake and she's baking chocolate chip cookies and, and making it really nice. And she said every single comment she's had about the courses has been about the food she's made. Every single one. And, that, and it's because people feel love. They feel, they feel that hospitality. And one guy came up to her and said, Oh, that cheesecake just reminded me of cheesecake my mum used to make, and it just made brought me some really warm memories. And I just think that's so beautiful that you know that just by making even a, a, an event at church nice with with some genuine hospitality and love, it, it creates what's often more important to people than what the teachers are saying, because people like their food, you know. And she also told me about a time that she asked a young couple over for a meal and just brought them over and they came to the meal and they went right. that's it we're joining the church so that it was the meal that got them in not phil pringle's great preaching so there's some really great points about hospitality let me give you some more tips i just have a whole bunch of tips serve the best wine and the best food you can cook well cook well you say i can't cook well learn to cook if you only do one dish honestly i've done one dish for a hundred people Good old chicken marbles, man. I just over and over and over and over again. And I think, have have people had this before? But you just do one dish, learn to do it well and use the same one over and over. Serve it on your best plates. Spend time, make the table look lovely. Make your home look lovely. And yet, having said that, at other times keep it simple. Because if you set the standard too high, it can be exhausting. So sometimes a simple barbecue is okay too. Sometimes, if someone asks to bring something, don't say yes. Bring the meat, the salad and the dessert. <laughs> that's not very hospitable. I had a little fight with Frosty about this the other day. Come over and have a meal. Oh yeah, I'll bring the I'll bring the lasagna and the salad and the, the bread. And I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I have to bless. You. I'm trying to fight him to who's going to bring some food, you know. If people want to bring something, that's fine. Say yes, but. Don't make it too hard on them, you know. Don't sort of. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put on a meal, and you bring the meat. You bring that. What are you doing? I'm just. I'm just taking the credit, not doing anything. But you. You make sure that you. You're really blessing people, and and if they really insist, I usually just say, oh, I just bring it. If you want to bring something, bring whatever you want. I don't mind. But if they really love their cooking, and you know, you might negotiate that with them only if they're keen. And if they bring, if you bring something to someone's house, you leave it there. You never take it back. That's a shocker. I can't believe you bring. if you bring a bottle of wine, it's a good one, and they don't open it. Well, too bad. It's a gift. You leave it in the house. You just say, oh, just take that back again, please. It's like, no, 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 no. That's a gift. You give that. It's all about giving. Say grace. Bless people. Have an anointed home. What is the point? They come over and you've just had a fight with your husband. Hello, come in and you're looking at each other and they're like ah make sure your home is filled with the anointing and and say grace and bless the people in your home you know we have um Hudson brings in some of his army friends and and I I just love I, I love this moment I don't know if I can get it across to you but it was a nice moment for me where he's got their fabulous fabulous men oh gorgeous looking fabulous upright how do you do it's very nice to meet you and i'm like oh look at you bethany bethany you know <laughs> um, sorry beth sorry <laughs> sorry doll sorry <laughs> are you a christian do you go to church beth beth no um <laughs> anyway um so they're all gorgeous but we ask them over for a meal and then they um and then and then they and then we say we say all right well now we're going to say grace and we always hold hands and so we just go, okay, um, he says, all right, let's say grace. And we, just, or we all just instantly just go like that, hand down, head down, hand out. So I go, head down, hand out. And I notice that um, Maco, we call him, is hesitating. And I look up, and it's just the cutest thing. There he is sitting there, and I can see him going, army, army thinking, officer, right. I am not going to hold Hudson's mother's hand unless it's really the right thing to do. Because I could see him, right, I'll just check everyone else's holding hands. It would appear everybody's holding hands, so yes, I will. And I could see him go, I am going to hold Hudson's mother's hand, which... You know, he probably doesn't do that in many houses. He goes, right, I will hold her hand. Right. And what we're looking, okay, we're looking down, okay. And it was just so cute, you know, because I can remember, it's okay, I'm not going to bite you, I'm not going to kiss you, just hold my hand. Like you know, it, was a, it was a very cute moment. But, you know, you, you, you show them the anointing, show them God, just by saying grace. You don't have to overdo it. But then, you know, if you're the host, take the lead. Take, you know, if the conversation turns to gossip, you stop it. You take the lead. You talk about godly good things and ask questions and be interested and tell wonderful stories about life and God and make it a great occasion. Don't, don't allow the conversation to become ungodly. So, alright. It's a wonderful thing to do and we'll just finish off looking at how, how Abraham finished off. He, you know, let me just encourage you to practice hospitality. And in that, as you listen to it, there's a lot of things you have to do. You have to be organized. You have to have spare time. You have to have a tidy home. You have to have food ready. You have to know how to get along in your family. And so it actually, just by making a decision to be hospitable, you actually there's a lot of things in your life that have to be in order to be able to do that. And I think that's one of the good things about God helping us to get our lives together. So finally, we see that Abraham finds out this guy is actually someone special. This wasn't just three strangers as he originally thought. It says, and I I missed verse 1, it says, the Lord appeared to him. He didn't know it was the Lord. He didn't know it was, you know, possibly a a, a pre-New Testament appearance of Jesus or was it just the angel representing the Lord? We're not quite sure. It's not quite clear. It just says the Lord. But they were angels. And he's entertaining angels. And that's what Hebrews says. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to be hospitable, to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Isn't that awesome? Some people have entertained angels. And I just think, well, well, wow. Imagine that. You can be, I mean, seriously, you You might have an angel over. I don't know. That's, I kind of, I can hardly even imagine how that would happen. You have some stranger and then they're, you think, gee, they're a really nice person. (laughs) And they may be an angel. And they were for Abraham. And they really were. And so they prophesied over Sarah that she would have a baby. And then they went on and had a big discussion about whether or not to save Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham was involved in that intercession. And there was all sorts of exciting things happening there. And that was, like, would it have happened if he hadn't been so keen to invite them in? would he have had those rewards? So let me just encourage you that this grace of hospitality is important. It's important for what it teaches us. It's important because we're loving each other and love is always paramount. But it's also important because there's some really cool things that happen around hospitality, like maybe angels are popping in or, or maybe someone's going to get saved, or maybe someone's going to join the church because you had them over. Or maybe like the Shulamite woman, the person that you had over to stay regularly ends up, you know, praying for your son and bringing him back to life. Who knows? And all these sorts of things can happen around hospitality. So it's a, it's a beautiful grace. It's a beautiful uh, calling for all of us. And, and the Bible says to pursue it, to be super keen on hospitality. So praise God. Let's do it. Let's obey. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Father, Father God, I just pray that we would be a, a beautiful and obedient people in all things, Lord God, and that we would consider this way of loving each other, of loving the Central Coast, of loving strangers, and that you would show us all how we can be, uh, just, just lift our game in this department, Father God, and be hospitable, be kind, and be loving. Father God, hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about our podcast so they too can learn live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at c3cc.org.au. See you next time. God bless.